Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. And with me this with me this week. I think that's the first time I've ever stumbled on yeah, with you, me this you've week. You've kind of nailed it and you usually roll right with it and I'm like What is this? The hundred and ninetieth, hundred and ninety first episode and I messed yeah, up. You're on the, the Iron Man you're the Iron Man there and Wow. And the streak's over. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't match Cal Ripken Jr. No, you did not. Um, with me this week are my good friends. You know why? Because I was trying to figure out how to get Sexyville into the <laughs> intro and it tripped me up. Uh my good friends. I was going to set you up when you when you got there, and I should have I should have trusted you at this. Point. Okay. <laughs> so I'll start over. Uh, how do I usually start this thing? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr., and with me this week are my good friends. Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, C.K. and Joe Rodermel. The only fantasy you need to worry about is right here. <laughs> That's true. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. Clash of Champions this week. We will get to that shortly. But before we get into anything else, as always, subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five-star rating and review. I hope you guys are doing well tonight. I hope the listeners are doing well whenever the hell they listen to this. Um, I have some odds and ends to get into, but I guess we'll just get into the odds and ends. That's <laughs> <laughs> odds, odds and ends. Yeah, right why not? I guess the first thing, would you like me to start with the Uber story or save it? How does well, the Uber you- story work in... Yeah, it has nothing to do with you, wrestling. Yeah, but you, well, you just got to work it in. How does it work in? How can you yeah, get that well, I, seamlessly? I feel, I feel you've been holding something back, so you can go ahead with the Uber story. All right. So the best part is, so I wanted to tell this story about maybe three to four weeks ago. And the story actually, well, I'll just tell you the story. So... One night, now I've told you my horror stories with having to go to McDonald's in certain neighborhoods, like around midnight or later. Yeah. Fourth Street. Fourth Street is one. The one on City Ave uh, near St. Joe's campus is always, like, horrific. So one night, I think it was a Wednesday night, it was one of the nights that I I couldn't do Matt Madness. So I was out doing Uber Eats uh, that night. I get called to McDonald's on City Ave. It's like, I don't know, 12.15, 12.30. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I don't feel like waiting in this drive through line for like 45 minutes. I get there, and there's not a not a car there. So like, <laughs> Something should have been – the bar bell shouldn't have gone off at that yes. point. Yes, so I pull up, and now one thing you guys should know about me is I definitely have a complex where I always think I'm like doing something wrong. Or I always think I'm messing something up. I'm, like, very self-conscious all the time. So one of the things they don't tell you is when you go to a drive-thru, 
Are you supposed to go to the speaker and say, I'm here from Uber Eats picking up for, like, Thomas or whatever? Or do you just go to the window and say, I'm here with Uber Eats? So I, I never know if I'm supposed to do it. But I always go to the speaker and say, I'm here from Uber Eats picking up for whoever. And no one has ever corrected me, but I still don't. Every time I do it, I'm always like, do I look like a dipshit for little, telling them at the speaker? You're a little on edge. Yes, I always feel that way. So... The guy gets on the speaker, asks me how he could help me. I say, oh, I'm here from Uber, picking up for Janet or whatever. And he immediately like has an attitude with me. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm not supposed to say it in the speaker. Maybe I'm just supposed to go to the window. And usually I don't, I don't think I feel too much about it because usually at these McDonald's you're waiting anyway. So you kind of stop at the speaker. You can't go directly to the window. So I get to the window, and it's two guys and a girl in there. And I could see them, like, looking out the window at me and talking the whole time. And I'm like, yep, they're definitely talking shit on me. Like, this idiot just (laughs) said the Uber uh, in the speaker. And I'm waiting for almost 10 minutes. So, again, they're, like, talking the whole time, looking out at me, and I'm getting more and more self-conscious. So as... uh, Eventually, I see the girl take the bag of food and the drink, and she comes up to the car, and or she comes up to the window and hands me both, and she doesn't hand it all the way to me right away, so every Uber order comes with a name, and it has, like, a, a confirmation number that's, like, six or eight digits, and as she goes to hand it to me, she kind of pulls it back. She's like, what is, what's the number? So I'm like, now I'm fumbling because I don't have the phone, so I'm like, oh, let, let me get it real quick, and I pull it up and say the number. She hands it to me. And as I'm about to pull away, she goes, you're very nice looking, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) She was, I knew I'm like a six piece chicken nugget. So I kind of like hit the brakes real quick. (laughs) Like, wait, it like caught me so off guard because the whole time I'm sitting there thinking they're talking shit on me. And the whole time she's talking to these two guys trying to tell them to let her give me the food. So I'm like, uh, thank you. You're pretty nice looking too. And You're pretty nice looking. Yeah, and the guy, the two guys are both now. So they're all black. So now you know cool. the two guys are clowning the shit out of her. Pat, you don't even gotta specify yeah. that. We already know that right. they're brothers. But they like they just start clowning her like they're like, tell her you're married. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so anyway, it's like this like weird thing that happens. I, I kind of pull off. And um, I'm like, well, that, that was pretty funny that that happened. And uh, get to the, to the house, deliver the food, and then, like, go about my night. So I thought that was a funny story. I was, like, very uh, interested to tell you guys because I knew it would get a laugh on the show that that <laughs> happened. So last week I get an order for someone named, we'll, we'll say Caitlin, um, and it's, like, in Sharon Hill. So I'm like, oh, God, there's going to be some, like, like gross white lady. Like, that. that's kind of, like, the way I'm, I'm thinking about You're it. You're typecasting Sharon Hill. Uh, yes. Sorry, Sharon Hill and, listeners. And people named Caitlin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Although her real, name, dude. her real name wasn't Caitlin. I'm just using the name Caitlin to protect the innocent. For subjects unknown, I, every time you say Caitlin, I think of a dude. A really? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, former greatest athlete on the planet, right? Yeah. Um, so I pull up to this apartment complex looking for Caitlin and it's a, 
a younger black female who was pretty attractive. So anyway, I go up. Now, my uh, my uh, way to, to deliver the food, I walk up, smile, say, how are you doing? Hand them the food, say, have a good night, whatever. Always get a smile back. And then I go on my way and hope that me smiling and flashing the baby browns lead to me getting a tip. So as I get there, I say, how's it going to, to Caitlin? And Caitlin says, oh, you must be that, what did she say? She's like, oh, you must be that fine Uber driver my cousin told me about. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like excuse me? Words getting around. So I was even more taken aback. Then, now, in my mind, it has not clicked to me. I'm like, excuse me? She's like, yeah, my cousin told me there's some fine Italian boy doing Uber Eats. Now, now so now I'm thinking, like, there's nothing really about me that immediately says you're Italian. Like, maybe some people would. If you know me, you know that. Well, I can look at you and probably give a good guesstimate. But, like, some people might think I'm, like, Latino. Some people might think I'm... I'm like Israeli. Like, there's definitely other ethnicities I could be. I don't think I'm obviously Italian. So I'm like completely taken aback now, and I'm like stumbling over my words. Like, oh, excuse me. And she's like, oh yeah, my cousin told me. I'm like, who who is your cousin? She's like, oh, my cousin, my cousin Tatiana from the the city of McDonald's. <laughs> so this girl it's told spreading. her cousin. So working oh, down the line. And she just assumed that it was me. So I don't know if the weight loss had worked in my favor. I don't know if the bushy beard was really working in my favor. For anyone who doesn't know, I trimmed it. I trimmed like three and a half inches off my beard last night. I feel like... Did uh, you donate it to Locks for Loves? No. No. If if it wasn't so much gray, I might have. There's kids that sport gray. But a pile of gray gray hair did not look... uh, Appealing, I didn't think. Now this, this, this probably before your time, Halo. This sounds like Pizza Boy. Did you ever see that movie? I did. Old school yeah. movie. Is, is, is that where your career is going? You're gonna be a low on the side. I think maybe that is where my career oh, is going. Okay. But like, I wanted to tell this story almost a month ago, and it, it for whatever reason it didn't play out. I think we just never had enough people on the show. I think I did like a couple two man power trips, and it didn't really work out. <clears throat> so. Casual legend. The funny thing is that the story actually evolved in the time since. I'm so glad that I. I don't know if it's funnier that I told them both at once or if I had told the story a month ago and then. No, I think it's no, better it, that you had them both at once. Yeah, yeah, both at once. Okay. It's the legend. It's the legend growing. Yeah, because it all came full circle. Yeah. It. Uh, so, so basically, you're, you're 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 getting around literally. Yeah. It, <laughs> but like the second, so the first one, I was really taken aback because I literally thought they were like shit-talking me, and it turned out to be the exact opposite. This, I did not see anything coming. It just, like, caught me so off guard, and I didn't even really know how to respond. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm glad that you uh, you guys got a laugh out of that and enjoyed it. Um, so more odds and ends, quickly, if you guys don't mind. I want to say, before we get into anything else, I'm, and this probably sounds really corny, but I'm, like, really proud of Becky Lynch. Okay. The fact that she now got these this series of SportsCenter commercials. Like, who would have seen that coming 13 months ago, even? That she would be big enough to be doing a commercial for SportsCenter. 
And still, still big enough. Yeah, I mean, doing the Sports Center commercials, she had that segment, or I shouldn't say segment, Stone Cold show. She was on there. She was very entertaining. There's a lot of stuff like that kind of unfolding. Right. So, like, 13 months ago, she hadn't really exploded yet. So even 12 months ago, when she had exploded, none of us probably could have predicted that a year from a year from then there'd be longevity she'd still to be, it. Yeah. So really proud of her. I think like it's a testament to how hard she works. Um, and also, I feel like she is a story in wrestling that's like something to be proud of as a wrestling fan. And how many things have we had to feel proud of being a wrestling fan about in recent years? Like not many. Nope. But she's something that if like if somebody stumbled across her, I'd be like excited to tell them the story of Becky Lynch. Yeah, it's like Becky Lynch and AEW. That's the only thing you've actually been proud of in the last couple of years. Yeah, like I think she's probably one of the least likely people <coughs> last summer that we would have thought by the end of the following summer would be one of the biggest stars in the entire industry. Uh, so very proud of her for that. And I thought thought the commercials were really good. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. Like, I thought she did a really good job in them. I thought they were funny. Uh, and I thought she presented herself well. Uh, and speaking of Becky Lynch, <laughs> Richard Flair. Who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I have never been more proud to have taken him off my Mount Rushmore about two years ago <laughs> than I was when that story came out about him suing WWE for Becky Lynch using the man. You didn't coin the man. You didn't start the man. The man is not your property. I hope this goes the way of LeBron trying to copyright Taco Tuesday, where <laughs> it just goes immediately, immediately gets thrown in the trash because, dude, you've made your money. You had your time. Like, Leave it alone. And honestly, we don't need to see you. We don't need to hear from you anymore. And the best part is he got he signed an Adidas deal right after that. Did he really? Yeah. Well, good. Go go sell your Adidas and don't worry about, about Ad- Adidas. Adidas loafers? Yeah. Some slip-ons? <laughs> yeah. Like, and honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just come out and say this now. You guys know that I've talked about Charlotte being overrated in the past and me not thinking she's as great as everyone makes her out to be. I think the same thing about Ric Flair. The guy had the same match and cut the same promo for 30 years. Like, fine, a lot of people really loved you back in the day. I'm over it. I've been over it for a while, and finally I'm willing to say it. You're not even close to my Mount Rushmore. You're not (laughs) even in my top 40, let alone my top 40. He's not even with those, like, quarter size binoculars looking at you around Mount, Mount, Mount Rushmore. He could have a telescope and he's not he's still not even in there. He's not even on no. the same same atmosphere. Like like a Richie Rich. <laughs> yeah, <it's not. laughs> yeah. Richard Flair, you you're out. Um well you messed up my joke for, I was saying up later that I can't I can't afford to say the word the last name Flair with Charlotte. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Well well we'll get to that. Um AEW, have they succeeded in a way already? Because as far as what? reports are have already come out that like WWE is being less strict with scripting promos, allowing people to use bullet points like AEW, I guess, has done and is going to do. So they have already had an influence on Change the way WWE is producing their show. So would you consider AEW already being successful for that alone? For that alone, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially with the uh, with the insertion of 
Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman in charge of both Raw, each in, in, in charge of a show of being Raw and SmackDown. Of course, I would think so because I don't think WWE would actually do something like that unless they, unless they felt they were in a safe place and those guys. Especially Paul Heyman, they always had had their head on a pulse. And I talked about last week about the King of the Ring tournament on Raw and SmackDown, how those matches have been fantastic. And not to say it's not, it's been like the upstart talent that have been succeeded in the tournament. Even when we go to Clash of Champions, we'll talk about some of the talent that wasn't even getting shot on Raw and SmackDown until those guys got involved in the shows, like Cedric Alexander and Chad Gable. And I thought the, Raw the, the main two. Raw was really good this week. I thought. Yeah, I, I, I said like I Raw, it was an excellent like, show. Yeah, you made the joke about if AEW doesn't get a million viewers on their opening show, you'll watch Raw live. And I said that might not be a bad thing because it's not that hard to sit through. It doesn't feel like a drag anymore. It actually flows pretty nice and some solid it, matches. Yeah, and, and, and the A ring perspective has become excellent, and I'll rival that to what anything AEW has done all year, uh, 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 other than double or nothing. So I'm glad you brought up. That you mentioned that last week, that that you said, like, the Raw product hasn't been as bad. The first thing I'll say is, yeah, I agree. I do think AEW is being successful already. Like, we've talked for years about the idea that WWE needs competition, and it will never come because there's nobody that can really push them. Well, now this company that hasn't even had their first TV show broadcast yet, and they already are influencing what wwe is doing so that's important wwe their ratings were down again this week i think this was like the the second lowest non-holiday show that they've had well uh, technically it was a holiday first week of football it's a holiday oh yeah and it was but it was like way down from last year's first week against football but alo i'm glad you brought up the idea of raw's product being better because i wanted to ask joey this because he wasn't here last week do you agree with Alo that that you've noticed the, the the weekly product becoming more entertaining recently? Definitely, like like we said, Raw. I thought this week was uh, awesome from start to finish. It kept me captivated. I, I I'd, I'd flick back to check the scores and be mainly watching wrestling. Um, again, there's hits and misses, but they're pushing more of the people that you know kind of were in the background before. They're doing some more interesting things. Um, they're doing some of the things that we said from Jump they should do, like. Sasha in the heel role. It's awesome. Um, yeah, so if if I have to eat crow and AEW does not get a million viewers, maybe then I'll just have to sit down and watch hopefully an entertaining show uh, Monday, October 6th or whatever it is. And yeah, I think it would be ahead, fun to watch NXT Wednesday nights too. <laughs> we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, my odds and ends, you mixed it. You kind of – it has to do with AEW, so – I'll throw this one right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to all the fans complaining about Cody versus Jericho at uh, full gear, get a fucking life. <laughs> like Savage. <laughs> God forbid they want to promote their upcoming show. And I, sh- I sent you the comments of saying, oh, they spoiled this. They spoiled the show in Philly. Why, do- why is Cody – he didn't earn no more contender shit. Like – have you not watched wrestling your entire life? Have you never seen wrestling? You, when you watch Raw, they advertise what's going to happen on Raw the next week at, at a live event. It's and like, also, haven't a lot of people complained that WWE doesn't promote what's coming up on their shows? 
Yeah, and then one of my favorite Vincisms, he's only said this a handful of times, but card subject to change. Now, just because it's a nap doesn't mean it's not doesn't mean that that's gonna that's gonna be the match. It's like like they can't promote them themselves. WWE, the, the damn matches leak for, for the pay per views months in advance. A couple weeks ago, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, challenging Rollins, that leaked out, and then WWE just embraced it. So it's like. What the hell are you complaining about? Like, get a life. Like, do you have anything else to do? No, they, they don't. Well, no, complaining <laughs> is the thing that they have to do. Like, they would have nothing to do if it wasn't for having something to complain about. And there's always something to complain about. Uh, Alo, I don't know if you remember the band Garbage. No. They were a 90s band, so you would have been... This would have been probably Capri Sundays for you, <laughs> maybe even before that. You'd be six jammers deep. Yeah. Uh, but they had a song called... Only happy when it rains. I don't know if that was a title, but that was like the the chorus of the song. I'm I know Joey. Only Joe, happy that. when it rains. Yes, yeah. that's how these people are. They're only happy when they have something to be unhappy about. Pour your misery. <laughs> Joey, are you excited about Clash of Champions? Yes, I'm excited about Clash of Champions. I mean, I think it's it's not like a car that's like captivating me, but it's a good enough car where I want to watch it. Um, my only, my only. Drama this week is that it's, it's running up against the Eagles Sunday night game. Mm, yeah, that'll be cause a conflict. That is a conflict. <laughs> conflict of interest. Yeah. Um, I look at it like there's four things. I feel like four things matter on this show. Uh, do you agree with that, Alo, or do you think there's more or less things that matter on this show? Well, I'm actually excited for the whole show, but like Joey said, the birds come first. But <laughs> the entire card, I, I think, I think it's stacked. And yeah, going back to going back to what we talked about about a few minutes ago about how the in ring product has been a lot better. I'm looking forward to, and I think every match actually has a, has had a, actually had a nice build up. And I'm actually looking forward to what happens in all these matches because everything actually has a story story for once. Even like some of the under like some of the matches that you don't think that will be spectacular for example i'm really looking forward to the king of the ring finals with gable and corbin yeah how are they gonna go are they gonna give it to corbin which seems like uh, the obvious choice or will they is actually the give gable a choice on yeah, it's, on a, it's, on, it's on the pay-per-view it's the final so they yeah. did they change it back change it back to what so i saw something earlier today that said the final got moved to raw on september 16th oh, i haven't seen that but um at, from what I from, from what I know, it's supposed to be on the pay per view. But that's that's what I'm looking. That's a match I'm looking forward to. Because I think Gable may give Corbin the match of his life. Because I think all of Corbin's matches in the King of the Ring tournament have been great. Even on Raw when he had the triple threat, I thought that was really good. Matches um, fitting of a king. Yes, fitting of royalty and his gold chain. And <laughs> <laughs> his gold chain. And uh, even like uh, Cedric Alexander actually getting a shine against AJ. Like I'm excited for the whole card, but like. I say the birds come first. Yeah. So I do think it is Monday night because when I looked at the card, it was 11 matches and that wasn't one of them, one of the ones on there. Um, so for me, the thing that matters the most, and I don't know if you guys agree, I think Randall and Kofi is the most important thing on the show. I think this feud has been going on for a decent amount of time already. They had a pay-per-view match already at SummerSlam. We pretty much already know they're going to have a match at Hell in a Cell a little less than a month from now. And this is the biggest feud that Kofi has gotten. This is the biggest storyline that Kofi has gotten. 
I think has been really good every week, and it's kind of grown every week. It's the first time you've cared about, cared about Randall in a long time? A very long time, and I have, like, nothing bad to say about it. Obviously, the, the thing on Raw on Monday with Kofi recreating, putting Orton through the table from, like, Madison Square Garden 10 years ago was a really cool moment. Um, I feel like this is the most important thing on the show. I feel like this storyline is one of the two or three most important things going on in the company right now. I guess I kind of just want your guys' thoughts on it. Joe, you can go first. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to sit there and look at it and say it's the most important thing. It's definitely up there among the top two or three, for sure. Um, And it's something Kofi needed in his title reign because you didn't want to see him kind of flounder in the position, so you need a good... A good rival. You need someone to kind of, kind of, f- fuel him to kind of be different, and it's done. He's done really well with that. Again, it's put these guys both in the forefront, and it's made it very relevant. So yeah, I'm very, I'm looking forward to the way this plays out. Um, and, oh, sorry, go. God, you're good. Halo. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I, I think the promos have been really good since summer, since SummerSlam. I, I enjoyed this week recreating the image from ten years ago in the last MSG show. I did, I did enjoy that. I enjoyed. Orton's promo, I thought it had like a lot of passion towards it. He said, "Have you seen that? Did you see the promo, Pash?" I did. Uh, okay, I saw yeah, the I, whole segment. Yeah, being the fake Jamaican and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the power, the POP bullshit and stuff yeah. like that. I, I really did enjoy that, and that, that actually like fueled Kofi. But I, I can't say anything bad about this feud because it's been something that made sense. And while you were away on away in trip in Italy, I, I said I said this is what I wanted out the feud because this is actually a story that could tell long term about. Kofi finally ended a chapter that's kind of plagued him through his whole career. Yeah, and in that sense, I mean, too many times we start these feuds and they kind of ignore the past. Like, this never happened. They're kind of touching on everything. Not just saying, oh, this is a feud. Right. Like, it could, they could have easily just made this a feud about right now. But they've made it all about their, their history and their, their past together. So, yeah, I think it's been really well done. I'll say it again because it deserves to be said again. The addition of the revival with Randy Orton was a masterstroke as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think it's been excellent. I've really enjoyed it. Looking forward to the match and really looking forward to seeing like how they get to the end of this story, assuming in October. So, Alo, who wins on Sunday? Well, last week I talked, also talked about how Corey Graves was basically telling the story about how Orton keeps duping Rant, Orton keeps duping Kofi into these situations. It's basically been three on one since Woods Woods has been out for the last few weeks. So I think Kofi does a similar situation and probably just steal, rolls him up and steals one, and then we do get the payoff finally in Hell in a Cell with a Dean, where it's just those two in the ring. So I'm going with Kofi. Joseph. I just think what they got right now is a good thing, so I, I, don't, I don't see them changing it. So I'm going with Kofi. So before I give my prediction, do either of you think, like, would it be a big enough deal? Or, like, would it do anything for Cody to lose it on Sunday to win it back in, at, in a Hell in a Cell match? Or would you rather just see him hold on to it and not lose? I mean, I'd rather see him hold on to it, but again, it wouldn't be the the worst thing in the world if we saw that happen. If we had this all play out on it, it would keep the feud fresh, fresher for a longer time because you'd have that back and forth. Um, Kofi would obviously get a rematch. 
we'll see how that play out and then maybe stretch it out to another solid pay-per-view match where Kofi wins it and get that electric, like, I won the title again moment. Yeah. So it wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Not and, where I wanted to go, but it wouldn't be bad right. at all. Right. what do you think? Like, would it be good for Kofi to, like, lose it to Randy only to win it in a bigger match, a bigger setting later? Or do you think he should just hold on to it through this feud? I think he should just hold on to it. So I I don't really know. I'm like back and forth on how I feel about that. I guess the way I'm going to land is I'd like to see him hold on to it the whole time. Now, I've said from the beginning, the only thing I care about in this story is if Kofi's the champion at the end of it. So I won't be upset if he loses on Sunday. Um, but... Like, I don't think him beating Randy, avenging a loss, like, I don't think it could compare to the moment he had when he won the title for the first time at WrestleMania. So for that reason alone, that I don't think you can make it a huge moment again, I'd like to see him just hold it the whole time and just get over on So would I. And my only caveat to that Randy Orton win would be some way that the revival kind of costs him to kind of right. set up that whole hell in the cell kind of feel. Yeah, which I could live with if that's the way that they did it. Um, so the one of the other four things that matters most to me, Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch. Uh, we've talked about it before that Becky Lynch at this point, the only reason for her to lose the title is if it goes to something that's going to be a big deal. I think the three of us were all in agreement that Sasha Banks' return and the return of the boss would be something that meets that criteria of a big deal. Alo, do you still feel that way after now? I think she's been back for three weeks. Yeah, I do. Like it's, it's one of the main things I'm looking forward to on Raw and watch, watch and see what Bailey's doing. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just to see if, if she's ever going to change up. Like I'm still waiting for rebellious Bailey, but we, I haven't, mm-hmm. we haven't got it yet, but yeah, like I'm looking forward to Sasha and, the whole Bailey thing adds another layer to it, and I got, and I got to give it to WWE because a lot of times, you know, they're trying to always force something, but I got to hand it to them. This is actually excellent product placement for some for something we care about because the video game is basically focused on those four with their the 2K showcases about the four horsewomen. So they actually gave us product placement that we actually care about, and then the entire feud has actually been good. And the fact that we finally get each force, each horsewoman against each other, one on one at the pay per view. I think it's been a nice touch, and even the fact that they put them in a tag team match, even though Charlotte's apparently face again. I thought the I thought the tag match was really good, and the match had a lot of heat just for a tag match. Like even oh yeah, the crowd was behind it. Yeah, even when Charlotte and Becky interrupted their um, Sasha and Billy's entrance, I thought that was great, and the crowd was like Joe said, the crowd was a hundred percent into it. So I'm really excited about what, what they're doing product placement or not i'm looking forward to both these matches on sunday could we be looking at sasha versus bailey to unify the women's title at survivor oh no i guess it won't it wouldn't happen because they're going to be the two brands still yeah, yeah and they're going to have it on fox so they probably want to keep those two those titles separate because i feel like that could have been really great if that's yeah. what it led to yeah that that's what i would, remember i said last week also about when they swerved me, but that's that's what I thought we, we were going to get. But uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the reports about the whole Fox thing in the draft. So Fox wants the SmackDown guys to 
like be special. So they want those guys exclusively on SmackDown. That's the that's the point of of uh, doing the draft. They want these guys to be specifically on SmackDown exclusive to SmackDown. Uh, Michael Cole is supposedly moving to SmackDown, and Vic Joseph is going to commentate on Raw. And Renee Young may get off of Raw, and she may be hosting the WWE show that's going to be on Fox. And I'm not sure if you ever heard. Of, have you heard the CM Punk rumor? No. So there's a rumor that went around that Punk's agent contacted Fox about Punk possibly working on the WWE show, but he wouldn't be working for WWE. He'd be working for Fox. Hmm. So well, that'd be that, something. Yeah, that'd yeah. be so. I don't know how Vince. Was, <laughs> no, I'm saying, but say, that's, that, this is the thing. He wouldn't be working for WWE. No, I know. Yeah, but it's kind of still involved with WWE. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I know. But that that's just something that. That, that got out. That'd couple, be interesting. Yeah, I, I'm just saying it would, it would create a lot of uh, I would animosity. love that if Fox <laughs> brought CM Punk in there, like without Vince's approval. Or, you know, like, <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Yeah, and about unifying titles, I'm not. You didn't watch football this weekend, past did you? I had the Eagles on a little bit. Okay, I mean, did you I see? was out driving most of the day, but I, did, I saw a little bit, and I did see. I saw some like. So I, I saw the commercial on Twitter, but I did hear, like, announcers discussing SmackDown coming to Fridays on Fox. Yes, and, like, uh, in the backdrop, when they were announcing, talking about SmackDown, they had Becky Lynch's theme playing a couple of times. So is Becky Lynch going to be ahead uh, one of the marquees on SmackDown? Cause Becky SmackDown. Lynch, yeah, Becky Lynch and Charlotte are, are on the graphic. So, so I you, guess her losing the Raw Women's title would make sense. Now yeah. more than ever, if she's going to go to SmackDown anyway, and uh, yeah, yeah, and we, and we, we still got we still got time to get to that, but not too much time. Yeah, we got we got a couple, we got a few weeks, but yeah, like, but this whole feud between these four individually, I think, has been great. Yeah, I I I echo that sentiment. I mean, it's made Bailey interesting again because even with the title, she was kind of losing steam, losing momentum. You get a Sasha heel turn, and then you pair with Becky makes. I mean, uh, Bailey makes Bailey interesting again. And then again, you're feuding with Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Again, it just makes the whole segment good. Um, the match was awesome. I mean, there's a couple spots in there that were sloppy that were missed. A couple kicks that kind of just missed their mark, and they they played with it mm-hmm. anyway. But outside of that, it was a really good match. So, yeah, now I... At this point, I really couldn't care less about Ashley Flair. Um, we can't say that. Yeah, well, she's just Ashley Flair to me. Her real name, her <laughs> her actual birth name, Ashley Flair. Uh, I couldn't care less about her right now. I may I may lose some of the steam towards feeling that way about her. Richard is done for me. There's no coming back. Ashley probably will have to wait this out a couple weeks. Uh, I know she's going to be devastated to hear me call it, just refer to her as Ashley. Especially when all these uh, stories about these uh, hot McDonald's <laughs> Uber driver around. She'd be like, this, guy, this guy's taking me out. I wanted to order food from him. <laughs> Who wins, Sasha or or Becky? For, for me, and again, it, it, you kind of have me second-guessing it because of the SmackDown thing, but I think Becky. Okay. Alo? Uh, I'm going with Sasha. And I'm going to go with Sasha as well because, like I said, if there's if she's going to lose this thing, there has to be a reason. They won't find a better reason than this one, so it's going to be Sasha and Alo, Bailey or Ashley. <laughs> well, 
to, to go off of what you just said, Ashley isn't the interesting part about this. It's Bailey because they, even her entrance, nothing's changed. Even like she had a match for Ember Moon. She, but before the match, they had a backstage segment. She kind of just like, like not, she brushed it off, but not really brushed it off. Like she just like told her off nicely, you know? <laughs> so it's just like, she's not, she's not doing anything wrong, but I've been up in the air about this match, but I don't because I don't I don't think we'll see a bunch of disqualifications. I have a couple of matches ended with without a finish, but I'll just I'll just pick Bailey in this match. So I hate to go off on another '90s alternative music reference, but uh, kill him with it. I know there's a Pearl Jam song called "Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town." And there is a lyric in that song that says, I changed by not changing at all. And that's what I just thought of when you said there's nothing different about Bailey. Like, she's not the same, but she's the same. Right? <laughs> yeah, she's definitely not the same, but she's the same. <laughs> so, like, that, that's what, what popped into my head when, when you described that. And I do love that. Like, she's not saying things that make her heal. She's not being, like, dastardly or whatever, but she's not quite the bad. got a little more edge to her. Yeah, so I, I really appreciate that. What about you, Joseph? Well, if everything plays out the way you guys are talking, like Sasha gets the title, I think they keep it on Bailey because it would be interesting to see those two two best friends kind of controlling the women's division with the, both the titles. They've kind of pitched that now, saying this is this is a this is a force to be reckoned with. These two. Right, like they go from being the inaugural women's tag team champions to now just being the two women's champions. Which would like, be fun. Individually and kind It'd of. It'd be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Bailey because I'm just – at this point, I can't predict Ashley, even if I, even if I thought she was. <laughs> uh, that wasn't one of the matches that was in my, like, top four things that mattered to me. But the third one out of the four for me is Cedric Alexander and AJ Styles. Because I know Cedric got a pin on AJ this week, correct? Yeah, a tag. And we've heard a lot about them having, like, some high hopes for Cedric. Like, he's somebody that their stock is very high on. And that has been showing up on the weekly product. Do you guys think, um, and I think, Joey, I might have started with you on the last one, so I'll start with you, Alo, on this one. Do you think the result of this match tells us how highly they really do think of Cedric Alexander, or do you think the fact that he's even in this match tells us everything we need to know. Well, I'll tell you the result I think is going to happen. I think Cedric's winning this match. <laughs> that, that's just what I think because because like, going back to what me and Joey have been talking about, about how Raw has actually felt like it's changing. Like there's not the, It's not the same guys running around for the last 10 years on the, on the television screen anymore. It's actually developing characters, and Cedric is one of those characters. So I'm actually looking forward to this match, and he's been a, he's been – uh, he's been a, um, a constant on Raw throughout the summer to now. He's been on Raw just about every week in, in high-level situations. Remember he teamed with Roman Reigns? It was like, what was, what was he, the janitor or something like that yeah. with Lucha Mass at one time? It, 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 he's been like with upper echelon guys. So I think they're really high on Cedric, and I think he's actually winning the U.S. title because AJ doesn't need that at this point. No. And Joseph, what about you? Uh, well, three-part answer to that. Um I don't think Cedric I mean just being in this match says a lot for how they feel about Cedric in my mind um, the way they're pushing some of these guys you can tell they're getting behind them and doing a little more with them and that, that's great for TV 
So I think they already are high on Cedric. I think ultimately Cedric wins. Um, like Alo said, AJ doesn't need it. I think he's more involved with this click aspect and he'll have fun with that. I just need them to stop clowning to other people, like yeah. selling for other legends. Like they did it for DX. They did it uh, this past week with – just stop doing that and just be more dominant would be better for them. Right. Um, but I think he doesn't need it, and he's going to be more involved with the click, which would be just fun. He'll pop in and out of storylines as, as as needed. So do you are you predicting Cedric? I said Cedric, yeah. Okay. So I'm predicting Cedric as well. And is it interesting that this is almost, what, two years later? This is maybe almost like the payoff for the huge ovation he got at the Cruiserweight Classic? Oh, yeah, yeah, three years ago, yeah. Like – it took that long, like, because that was that was like maybe one of the biggest moments in that whole tournament. Yeah, was him having that match, him kind of walking out with his head down, the the crowd going nuts, and Triple H actually coming out to acknowledge it, and then they signed him. I think Triple H maybe even said like like I hear you or whatever whatever the the quote was, and now these three years later, it's like we see him in this prominent position that. Again, maybe what six weeks ago you could have never imagined. Yeah, you know, so it's weird, like how quickly things actually can change. Um, and it sounds from t- like I haven't watched much, but it sounds just like from talking to you guys and from the little bit that I see on social media, they have definitely made like some hard, some like hard right turns. Yeah, it's different things. I mean, like the way they've been pushing Mustafa Ali. You thought he had a chance to win King of the Ring. Then they had um, what's his name? I just read his name all of a sudden. They were pushing him hard. Gable, I not Gable. Uh, Gable's in the final, so they're obviously pushing him. Um, what's his name? He had a couple good matches against like Roman Reigns. Um, drawn up. Oh, uh, Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy. They had him. They were pushing him. They were hounding him. I thought maybe he had a chance to win or get to the finals. So doing these different things, they're involving these guys, and you actually believe they're going to do more with them than just throw them against, throw them against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Uh, so we're all picking Cedric. I don't know if anyone would have imagined that we'd have a clean sweep of Cedric Alexander over AJ Styles ever, but here we are. Here. Would well, he come out as Cedric or the janitor? Is the question. That's that's what's <laughs> on my mind. I think Cedric, but I'd love to see him come out as as the janitor. Um. So the, the last thing that I particularly care about is Braun and Seth. They have two matches, one against each other, one as the tag team champions. And the interesting thing is they, they both have these two matches, and I may be overstating it, but is this pretty much all geared around like leading to Bray Wyatt anyway? Like, Is that ultimately what this all amounts to no matter what? Yeah, because like I said <clears throat> about about Earl, about the whole uh, Bailey Charlotte, well Bailey Ashley. How I don't think it, <laughs> how I wasn't sure if that match would have a finish. I'm for I'm certain the main event won't have a finish because I, I think the theme's gonna come out. So you think then that Seth is the champion still at the end of Clash of Champions? Yeah. I think it's going to be fun just to watch how it plays out because they are defending two titles, and you can kind of see that relationship deteriorating with the tag team titles as it is. Mm-hmm. Trying to see how that plays out. Like you said, they have two matches. How that storyline plays out through the course of the night is always fun to watch. Yeah, it's like it's interesting, though, that these guys are going to be on the show so much, and what they're doing ultimately may not even really matter 
beyond Bray Wyatt. Like that's the the thing that actually matters when it comes to the two of them. I think I mean I'm a fan of the Fiend, but I think they need to give him more time, more more to breathe. We've seen one match, essentially. So, do you want to see him at Clash of Champions? Do you want to see him show up and get involved? I don't mind if he shows up. I don't know if I want him involved in this scenario. Nayla, what about you? Yeah, like I said, I don't think this match has a finish, but if it does, he comes out after the match. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Perfectly fine with that. It comes in after the match. It ends in DQ or whatever it is. He comes in and kind of inserts himself there. It's perfect. Um, so. Oh, and by the way, talking yeah. about product placement. Uh, so, the, and, so the video game, the fiends in the video game. Correct, yeah. And there's like this mode he's like a part of where it's like he has like these um like these minions or whatever or like he has like a his own group and like braun's one of the guys that's like a part of that so i'm not sure if that's if that's going to lead to anything or whatever but that's just some a note for product placement to throw in there yeah. just in case they might Food want for to thought. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hope so. You guys know I'm big on him winning people over and controlling people. Like, that's one of my favorite things about that character, that guy. So I hope that becomes a part of him. Obviously, it remains to be seen. So I felt like I didn't want to... Obviously, you guys know I didn't want him involved in the world title picture. Like, I didn't think he needed to. I didn't think it needed to be this fast. No, exactly. Let it breathe. Give him a little more yeah. time gets to develop the character a little more. And when they did announce it, I really, like, I didn't want him to get involved in this match on this show. But I kind of changed my mind on that, and I do want to see him get involved in this match. And my reason for that is he can get involved in this match and it's not necessarily about the title because he's not winning the title by doing something on Sunday night. He's just inserting. messing he's messing up what's happening he's on Sunday. He's just inserting night. himself into the yes. picture. He's like I I've said from the beginning what I want is him to terrorize WWE. Now he's ruining this title match and then this leads to the next 3 or 4 weeks however long it is before Hell in a Cell that he can terrorize whoever it is who he's going to be facing at Hell in a Cell. So it's like, all right, this could be... So one of my favorite promos I've talked about before, or, or vignettes, whatever you want to call it. The one I sent the, you when I was laying in the bed with the feathers? That Okay, that's my favorite one. So my okay. second only, favorite one. Only in Sexyville. Yes. Sexy, <laughs> only in Sexyville. is always open. My second favorite one is the HBK Undertaker first Hell in a Cell vignette. Where you they they kind of show you that whole story that happened between Sean and the Undertaker over those months, like him getting in, like messing up his match with Bret Hart, him accidentally hitting the Undertaker with the chair, him attacking the Undertaker, him and uh, Hunter having Undertaker in the body bag, like th- that whole thing that played out, and it's like even going back and watching it now, whatever it is, twenty two years later. That's, like, such a good video package. I feel like they have a chance with The Fiend to play something out over the next month that you could, like, that could play out. I don't want to say similar to that, but it could have that same type of impact. That like relevance. Where you'll, you'll remember it 10 <laughs> yeah, years yeah. later. That staying like power, that memory. 
Yeah, like that's my hope. So that that's my why I kind of changed my mind. It's like, oh, him doing that on Sunday night could lead to something really fun and entertaining leading up to Hell in a Cell. So for me, it's not just about Sunday night. It's about like then what happens after that. And we also kind of still have Bray. Like we do, we just don't even really know what the hell's going on. Like we don't know what the fiend is. We don't know what Bray is. Which we is good. Keep suspenseful as long is. as you can. Yeah, like I'm watching it. I'm like I have no idea what I the hell know where it's I'm going. supposed to be watching. So I'd be happy with it. Uh, I hope we do see him. I hope we get a really good month leading up to the next pay per view. And Joseph, who is the champion heading out? The Universal Champion heading out of this pay per view. Uh, I think, uh, again, in agreeing with my colleague, Alo, who plays with his lovely beard, <laughs> that um, it ends in a DQ. So that being said, Seth retains for at least this pay-per-view. Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and agree. Like at this point, there was part of me that felt like Braun was going to win because I thought they'd want to do a Braun-Bray story. But like maybe that's a thing that they hold off on. Or maybe as... Bray has his build with Seth. Maybe that leads Braun back to Bray's side. Who knows? So I'm going to say that Seth will still be the champion. And do they win there? I could care less, honestly, about Rude and uh, who the hell is it? Ziggler? I don't even know who Rude and part, Ziggler. whose partner is at this point. Yeah. I couldn't Rudolph. care less. I don't know if either of you care, Rudolph. but who's the, who wins the tag team match? I think Braun and Seth win. It's kind of interesting. I mean, I want to say Braun and Seth because that's kind of what I think is going to happen. But then again, tying into storylines, does this put more animosity going into their title match? I mean, into their um, championship match. Uh, Ultimately, I think it's Seth and Braun. I almost like the idea of them winning the match and, like, begrudgingly still being tag team champions. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, there's not a lot of hatred there. Like, even after they won the match... On Raw, Austin came out and they had beers. Yeah. Like, I love the idea of them winning the tag team championship match together and, like, just like, ah, well, I guess we still got to do this. Like, AJ took some solid stunners. Yes. Especially the one that they did off the air when he, uh, the beer went. Yeah, he did. I did see that. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and just go with, with Braun and Seth because I just think it's more interesting than the other two. Uh, you don't want to see Rudolph win? Nah. Nah, they're, I'm not interested in them at this point. Uh, Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. I actually liked the the segment they did on Monday. But, like, to quote Alo, what, what is this? <laughs> like, what is this leading to? What is what are they build what is going on? Something like, Roman Reigns for Roman Reigns to do, essentially. I mean, that truly feels like all it is. Like again, I like the segment on Monday. Uh, Alo, did you did you enjoy what they did on Monday with the two of them? Yeah, I, I like what they've been doing with Roman. I mean, Ro, Rowan. I, I, I like the fact that he's like come out of shell. He's actually ha- has a voice in this, and I still think Daniel Bryan is still the reason behind this because like Bryan's yelling saying, "I hate liars! I hate liars!" and all that other stuff. Like, and there's I hate nothing liars. more. Yeah, there's nothing more heelish to like. To, to, to basically be something that you hate yeah. and then I always say verbiage is everything so he might be saying he he might not be saying he did it he told him to do it but there might be something more something that's more to it 
and he's happy that he did it. So I still think Daniel Bryan's behind this, but I like the fact that Rowan kind of like actually like stood out this week. So like maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's what this is. That's what this is leading to is Daniel Bryan. And to stick with the theme of the evening, Alo said there's like nothing like worse as a heel than to like to be like doing something you hate or, or whatever. A Pearl Jam song. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. I know what I'm listening to at the gym tonight. Yeah, I'm trying to remember <laughs> which song it is. Uh, not for you. It is off the, um, I believe, the Vitalogy album. And there is a lyric saying, "You can't escape from the common rule. If you hate something, don't you do it too." So, again, like. And I think that's something that a lot of us do. Like the things that drive us crazy about other people sometimes are things that we actually are guilty of. Yeah. Like we may not admit it. We may not quite realize it, but like it's something that drive like what might drive you crazy about someone else might be a thing that, that you do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know I've been there. Like I'll, it'll drive me crazy if somebody acts a certain way or whatever. I'm like, oh, I kind of do that. Um, I'm that same guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like Roman's going to win. I can't imagine Eric Rowan beating Roman Reigns. Joseph? Yeah, I'd say Roman Reigns. Again, it has been fun to watch Rowan come, come, kind of stand on his own. So, But ultimately, Roman Reigns. And Alo? Like I said earlier, I had a couple matches not having a finish. Or, I don't know if this match even really starts. <laughs> because because of the physicality that they had on Raw Monday night, I don't think this would be much of a match. But if I had to pick a winner, I'll just say uh, I'll say Rowan because of Daniel Bryan. Uh, but he hates liars. <laughs> I'm gonna go with with Roman, and uh, the last three matches are the ones I obviously care about the the least. So this will be my only input on this match. The Miz has to beat Shinsuke Nakamura. Well, I don't know because he has Sami Zayn in his corner. Did you see The Undertaker with Sami Zayn? I'm aware yeah. that it happened. Fantastic. I did see it. <laughs> and I have to fantastic. assume it's fantastic because of one half of that equation. <laughs> well, the, the way Sami Zayn came, like, you know how he just does something ridiculous when his entrance he comes out from the from the back. And, like, he was, like, jumping up for joy. In the <laughs> like, his reaction when he thought Undertaker was getting out of the ring, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, it's good that the Undertaker got that Sami Zayn rub. I'm glad that they're they're building the Undertaker up. Yeah, but I'm interested to see what they'll do because technically they have to delete Jericho at the record books. So the mm-hmm. Miz has to win his ninth IC title pretty soon. Yeah, that that's why that's one of the reasons why I say the Miz just has to win. I can't imagine any reason why Nakamura wins. I feel like there's no other choice but for the Miz to win. Well, I mean the other thing I would say to that is they kinda of paired Nakamura with Sami Zayn. Maybe they're giving him more it gives Jamie Zayn more. Could be just a good pairing. Yeah, and I had high hopes for Nakamura as IC champion, especially with that few that got dropped with Ali, because I thought that that could have been really good. But they dropped that whole thing. But I think, I think before AEW debuts on TNT, Jericho will be, will be washed out the record book for, with the IC title. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, unfortunately for WWE. That is not his only accomplishment, <laughs> and not even his most impressive one. So it's not. Go ahead. 
er- erase that record for Jericho. He's done plenty more. He has outshined you for the last three years. So go ahead if you want to. Uh, you can't erase him from the hearts and minds of all of us Jericho-holics out here. Screaming, go Jericho, go. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Y2J. Yes, I went back to his inaugural appearance on, he was on Raw, yeah. Um, yeah, it has to be The Miz. We have the women's tag match and then the the other men's tag match, the, the SmackDown tag match. We have Alexa and Nikki Cross defending against Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Hmm. And we have the New Day challenging the Revival. So that could be Joseph, fun. That'd be a really good, I think, wrestling match. Yeah, give me your thoughts and a prediction on, on those two matches. Uh, well, from the women's side, I think they keep it with Nikki and Alexa Bliss. I think, again, they just use Mandy and um, Sonya as just kind of a gimmick. Um, they've kind of built a storyline with that, but I, I think ultimately... Uh, they retain, retain. In the other side, I think um, I think the revival win. I think it's going to be a great match. Uh, maybe you're not as interested in it as far as story though, but I think maybe it could be a great wrestling match. And I think a revival win. And do you guys think they're not to sidetrack? But do you think there's any chance that uh, FTRKO could be walking out as the tag champs and the WWE champion on Sunday night? Slim. Slim, but I think I agree with Joe. I think the revivals will win the SmackDown tag titles. As far as the women tags, I'm I'm not sure because they keep they keep throw they keep even though they're terrible they keep throwing in Mandy and Sonya <laughs> into everything. So at a certain point, I I think you just got to give it to them. But I'll I'll pick an Alexa and Nikki at this point. So they have to give it to them eventually. But Sunday night is probably not that. I, I don't think so. <laughs> but they keep they keep force feeding this thing and. Mandy is terrible. It, it, what are they calling them now? I know they're calling Fire and Desire. Mm. No, yeah, it doesn't work <laughs> for me. Yeah, and, and then, like, they're trying to put, like, t- and then, like, a product placement, a commercial. Sony's going to be on Total Divas coming up. Mm. And so, I, I, I don't know. I don't know either, but I'm going to go with the Revival retaining and Alexa and Nikki retaining because I, I feel like. Alexa and Nikki has been like a pleasant surprise that nobody saw coming. So why, why not keep running with it while it's working? And the last thing I have is the cruiserweight title: Drew Gulak defending against Umberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. Uh, I obviously have no thoughts other than I'm a fan of Drew Gulak. So if either of you have any thoughts or commentary on this match, feel free to share it now. I have no thoughts or commentaries. Drew Gulak. <laughs> um, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, again, triple threat style should be good. I think Drew Gulak ultimately retains outside of that. that that's all we need. I'm going to say Drew Gulak retains too. Cause the Gulak. Not? Yeah. And um, I think this is my last note of the evening. I obviously you know that I've had a, a little bit of a feud with Enos Cantor over the years. <laughs> now you have one with Richard Flair. Yes, I do. But watching the stuff that they did, I actually really liked it. 
Really? I, yeah, I mean, the fact that, one, he's just such a goon and so goofy looking, and he comes out and gets booed at Madison Square Garden. The fact that they played into him, like, revealing the Boston jersey. The fact that they got Truth to kind of be like, my friend here, like, he worked so hard for you guys in Madison. Like, they, they had Truth <laughs> working so hard to get him over. I, I like, I really, uh... I really enjoyed the the Enos Cantor heel turn. You know, for for a complete mark to get to show up and do like a heel turn like that. I mean, why not? He got to hold the title for about thirty seconds. I actually really enjoyed. it. I thought it was a really fun segment, and I, I tip my cap to Enos Cantor. Oh, such a mark! <laughs> he, he really is. Oh he yeah, is he, such he, a I, mark. and my God, that he even went into the ring over the ropes like a true giant. <laughs> He probably wanted to do that his whole life, to step over the ropes like that. So I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I wonder if it was a, I, a I good could, moment in twenty four seven title history. I, I couldn't do that without taking out some future rods. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, yeah. I don't know that any of us really could. <laughs> yeah, I don't think him and Dana Brooke are a thing anymore. But I remember, I remember when I told you that you were like in his fucking camp. <laughs> yeah, what a mark! Just hanging out backstage all the time in the locker room. Oh my god! But but like I said, it, it was a fun moment. I love that they embraced the the Boston jersey reveal. I I just thought it was it was fun. It, it was and, fun for what it was. And then the funny thing was, they said on on commentary, in some shape or form, our truth must defend the twenty four seven title at Clash of Champion. Yeah, and he's a fourteen time champion. Yes, or is it fifteen now? That was fifteenth. Uh, yes, fifteen. You're right. Fifteen, Richard, you better watch your ass because our truth is is coming. <laughs> uh, that's everything I have. Either of you guys have anything? Yeah, I have one more odds and end thing. Uh, we talked about this before AEW even became a thing about some some millionaire getting involved in wrestling. So it was just, it was actually just reported today that uh, Mark Cuban is partnering with uh anthem and after bound for glory impact will be debuting on access i'm not sure if you have now we have two millionaires getting involved well i'm not sure yeah because uh well this is the tweet our parent company anthem is excited to partner with mark cuban and steve harvey on the acquisition of access tv in hcnet movies yeah tittlehead So we don't know if Mark Cuban is actually – is he just there to put them on TV or is he actually like a part of their wrestling organization? I think he's really there to put really them – I'm, I'm not sure. I think – from the article I saw, I saw that it's going to be on Access. I didn't say anything about him buying the company or anything, but he is involved and the show will be available on Access now. Yeah, if he ever got truly involved where he was like a part of a part of it, is it what is it called? Impact? I don't even know what it's called. Impact it's Wrestling, Impact, yeah. Right? Okay. If there was ever a time where he actually was involved with it, I mean, that would be great for the industry, just that it, it, it's another viable place for, for talent to go. It's another option for fans to watch. Um, and as we've seen from AEW, it just makes. The uh, the WWE product better because it pushes their pushes their hand. Yeah, now Axis. I know that's not a channel that like everybody has, but if it, if that show now has like a, a legitimate stable home, I think that's good for that company. And 
Yeah, I mean, why not? Mark Cuban was the guy I think we actually kind of all agreed upon would be the guy that could make a run at Vince McMahon. So maybe he's maybe he has seen the Khan family get involved, and he's like, well, why not me too? Okay, so this is what I found so far. It says, following its October 20th pay-per-view event, Bound for Glory, Impact Wrestling is moving its weekly pro wrestling show, Impact, to Access TV. The move was widely expected after Mark Cuban sold his majority stake in Access to Impact owner Anthem Sports and Entertainment earlier this week. Okay, so the the owner of Anthem is now a majority share owner, a majority owner of the network. Of Access. Okay. So it's not like Mark Cuban... Yeah, he didn't buy Impact or anything. Okay. So that's a little different than I think what I was thinking. But hey, if they have a stable home that's on like a channel that a decent amount of people know, I think that's good for them. And anything that's good for the wrestling business... Like the people I care about the most in the wrestling business are the people that go in the ring and the people that work behind the scenes... So the more options there are for them to have jobs in the industry, the better. So I want every company to be as healthy as, as possible, and that sounds like it's good for, for impact. Um, do we have any listener questions? Yes, we have one from co-host Josh Prepagina. He asks... Prep. <laughs> Fresh father prep. Yes, daddy yep. prep. Big daddy prep. <laughs> He asked, who was the bigger star, Rock or Austin? So if we're talking strictly as like a pro wrestling star, I think it's Austin because, I mean, I, I he's the guy who catapulted the business really in like that as the mid-90s turned into the late 90s. Like, he was the one that made WWF must-see TV. He was the guy you tuned into every week. Like, all the, the lapsed fan that we talk about all the time and that AEW talks about all the time, a lot of those people were super interested in WWF because of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I think Austin is the bigger purely wrestling star. But if we're talking pure, like... Just stardom, obviously it's The Rock because he's maybe the, the most famous, I mean, person in the world. Like, I, I don't know anyone who doesn't know who The Rock is. So, And there are, there are people who don't really know who Stone Cold is. So if we're, make, if we're making that distinction, I have a different answer for each. But um, I think, like, just pure name recognition, star power, overall, it's The Rock. What about you, Joey? Well, kind of, kind of on the same page. If you're talking overall fame, um, movie success, and things like that, you got to go with The Rock, just because what he's done over the last couple of years, one of the biggest action stars there is. Um, but for the sake of the he question, he got a really good WWE movie made. Yes, he did. <laughs> for the sake of the question, and what he's probably referencing is, you know, with with wrestling. For me, again, this has always been the way I felt was Stone Cold. I just gravitated to him more. Um, felt more of that badass attitude with him. He didn't take sides. He wasn't a heel. He wasn't a face. He was a stone cold. And damn, seeing him this Monday, that guy could probably still wrestle. <laughs> He's looking pretty svelte. <laughs> so I, I have something else I want to say, but Alo, you can give your, your answer first. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with stone cold because he, got, he became the hottest thing in WWE before they even, like, put him in the forefront <clears throat> like he was maybe the hottest thing on tv 
before he was even in the main event. And there's like from 96 to 97, you could like see the rise. Even when he was like an intercontinental champion, feuding with Owen Hart, it was like the biggest thing on the show. He was so over and you hear about, you hear on show like Bruce Pritchard show. He told Austin's always like a big thing on a show when they would go back and review all the older shows that, Everything was Austin 316. Austin 316. Austin 316. The fans just wanted to see him, and like 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 Joe said, he's way more relatable than The Rock was. Like none of us really have seven hundred dollars shirts and stuff like that. Austin was basically just a guy who didn't care about coming to work and care what he did. He just showed up, chugging and beer, and coming to work. Yeah, yeah, like his slogan was uh, "Arrive, raise hell, and leave." That's what he would do, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just like that, that's just like a normal person. The jeans, shorts, and the black T-shirt, and just. Come, come and go as you please. But as far as wrestling, I would say Stone Cold. But it's also hard, too, because when Austin got hurt, The Rock in 2000, kind of just him and Triple H, but The Rock more, he just like he just took off to a whole nother level. The stratosphere. So, yeah. So here was the thing I wanted to add. And I said this to someone recently. I can't remember who it was. But The Rock was someone that I don't think I appreciated as much as I should have at the time when he was popular. I think maybe it was kind of that thing where he got so popular that... Can't do nothing wrong. Yeah, and I think it, it like it's one of those things that like turned me off of him a little bit. But like I'm thinking a little bit as you guys were talking, and my answer was like, quote-unquote, obviously it's Austin if we're just talking about wrestling. But if you look at The Rock, one, so a point Alo just made about Austin being, like, way more relatable than The Rock because Austin was more like the everyman and The Rock was kind of like, like he said, who's out here wearing $700 shirts. And Rock's so, mic skills are unrivaled. Yeah, so Austin was the guy that, like, you wished you could be if there were like no consequences to your actions like you wish you could have been yeah. stone cold like going in and kicking your boss's ass everyone want to kick your boss whatever like everyone wishes they were that but in another sense the rock was almost like someone like almost like what you could aspire to like i wish i was this in a whole different way like i wish i was this like like really good looking really charismatic like really well dressed like electrifying guy whereas Austin you you almost felt like you could be you could be that in Austin uh and it's similar almost to like like Allen Iverson and Shaq like because Allen Iverson was like five foot 11 160 pounds you could look at him and see yourself in him and Shaq you couldn't really really relate to because you're not seven feet tall you're not 300 pounds like it, there's like a thing there with big men where it's really hard to relate because we're all mostly average sized guys. Um, so I think that's why like your Michael Jordans and guys like that have been the face of the league because they are more relatable because it's impossible to relate to being a literal giant. Um, and also, if you think about how many catchphrases people use in regards to wrestling. Like, you might hear people say, hell yeah, or oh, hell yeah, all the time. Um, and the what thing is still around, unfortunately. <laughs> but, like, so many things that The Rock brought about are things that people remember. I mean, even one of the shows, 
is named SmackDown because of The Rock. So I think that it, it is a lot closer than I gave it credit for. And the fact that how hard is it to follow someone who might be the biggest star in your field? Like, look at the, the trouble LeBron has had following Michael Jordan. Like, there are people that just hate him because he's not Michael Jordan. The fact that The Rock came up, like, Stone Cold was hot for a while. Then The Rock, like you said, Alo, took the reins from Austin. And it's almost like they didn't miss a beat. Like, I think he deserves a lot of credit because it would be easy for people to be like, well, he's not Austin. We're not into this. But, like, they didn't suffer anything for Austin being gone because he was there. So you could make a strong case for The Rock being the biggest. You can make, oh, a, yeah. you can make a strong case either way. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that's a problem that people have. Like, I, I always say when we, when I debate, it's like, dude, like, I'm not like if you make point if you make valid points, I'm not really going to argue with you. You know, uh, especially uh, one more thing, you brought up Allen Iverson and Shaq. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got a message from Angel earlier. Okay, and she asked me. Uh, this goes hand in hand with your, your answers about mm-hmm. the, the being being relatable. So she asked me who was better. D Wade or AI, <laughs> and I said D Wade. But people argue Iverson because he was for the culture. Yeah, because he had this love for Iverson. Yeah, because that he was the first. Treat him like he was better than he was. Yeah, because he was the first with the cult for the culture with the baggy clothes, the chains, the the cornrows. He was the first person to have it. So covered I think, in tattoos. Covered, yeah, first one to be covered in tattoos like that. But I think people have that image. Because he was so a part of the culture, it, he impact, he basically started a trend, and he was relatable to every almost every black kid, and every black kid and even white kid wanted to be like him. My favorite thing is that little white boy with the with the cornrows. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, it might have been Joey, but <laughs> <laughs> I but wish I, it was. <laughs> I, I wasn't in the, in the crowd with the <laughs> but. But, but I said D Wade is hands down better than Allen Iverson. It's just the fact that AI was so much for the culture, and that's what he left. That's what most of his impact was left on. And you could look at Iverson as like Austin through like AI three sixteen. Yeah, like he had a lot of those Austin like qualities, and D Wade you could look at as the other Dwayne. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he was my, a the whole Miami dresser. connection. Yeah, like the the fashion. He's married to Gabrielle Union. Like Iverson, you could see like he's a guy that uh, like came from down in the mud. And like Dwayne Wade, maybe his upbringing wasn't the best or whatever. But like you looked at him and you saw this guy that was like like a cut above, basically. Um, so yeah, that I'm glad you brought that up because it, th- those two do kind of compare in a very similar way. Like, but I, I do see that. Like, Austin was relatable in that. Like, I wish I could just be like this at work. I wish I could just treat the people around me like this. I wish I could just do whatever I wanted and get away with it. He crushed beer, so that that yeah. had a place, a special place in my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then The Rock was like that thing. Like, I wish I was wealthy. I wish I was so well dressed. I wish. People were so captivated by me. I wish I had a box cut and raise my eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 like you would stand, stand in the mirror for hours trying to practice the eyebrow and never get it right. <laughs> yeah, so excellent question, Brett. I think you could really have like a really good debate about it, and I think we, we kind of just did. 
Yeah, there's no wrong answer, right? That's what I like. As long as you're well-spoken for it, there's no wrong answer. It's just yeah. preference. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, Alo, I guess we'll let you move some merch first. I, I try to think. I think – wasn't there something else I wanted to say? I can't remember. I think I got I think I got everything, but if you want some Matt Madness merch, you can head over to whatamaneuver.net to embrace the madness. All right, so enjoy Clash of Champions. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. For Mr. Sexy Punakana, the now forever C. Kane Joe Rodermill. It's going to be more of a clash of Sunday night. What, what am I watching? <laughs> yeah. Yes. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.